Amen. Because I really, really, I don't want to speak a long time tonight. I believe that God already has some things planned that he wants to do with each and every person here tonight. So I'm not expecting normal service, the status quo. I'm not expecting that to happen at all. I'm just expecting God to, to move in and among and through us and in us, in his name, in Jesus' name. But let's take a look at our, our theme passage as the theme this month is faith. The theme is faith. If we can read it together, and I won't be in anyone's way. Go. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Amen. Amen. Our faith has overcome the world. Hallelujah. And that's the victory that we have because of our faith in him. And because he has victory, we have victory. And because he lives, we live. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we praise your name this evening. We thank you for bringing us safely here to the the household of faith, Lord God, to, to have fellowship with uh, one another in relationship with you, Lord God. I just thank you for uh, just putting a, a desire in our heart to be here, Lord God, to hear what thus says the Lord. Father, I'm begging you to totally have me get out of the way, that I don't have to do anything to, to block or hinder your plan for what you have in store for us tonight, Lord God. So I thank you, Father, that you would just cause me to totally decrease, Lord God, and that your word and that your Holy Spirit would increase, Father, that you would anoint the ears of the hearers, Lord God, to hear what thus says the Lord. And let it be like the, the snow that comes down from heaven and the rain that don't return there, Lord God, but the waters of earth cause it to bring forth in bud, that it provides bread to the, uh, to the eater and, and, and seed to the sower, Lord God, that the word will accomplish the very thing for which you sent it, and, and you'll be well pleased with that, Lord God. And so I just thank you that your word is alive and it's powerful, Lord God. And it's sharper than a two-edged sword, Lord Jesus. Father, perform surgery on us tonight. Cut us going in and going out, but with love, Father, so that we'd be drawn closer to you and that our faith would be increased and that our reliance and our dependence upon you would be increased. So we thank you right now and give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. If you have your Bible, I would like you to turn quickly, not necessarily quickly, but to... Hebrews chapter 11, we know that's uh, as the, the great hall of faith chapter, Hebrews 11. Okay, Anthony, could you turn this one up a little bit, this light? I'm trying to find a light spot, like, whoo, help me Jesus, there we go. <laughs> we can do that other part later, amen. So we're in Hebrews, your way to the right of your Bible, if you have a a physical Bible. Way to the right. Hebrews chapter 11. If you've got it, say, I've got it. Or hallelujah, or amen, or you're not quite there, say, wait, hold up. All right. All right, we ain't mad. Hallelujah. Because we want to look at it together. We want to look at it together. And while you're turning, let me just go ahead and, and while you find it, take your time. It's on the board, too. Um, there was a time, and this was a, a while ago, that I was driving my daughter to her basketball practice. And uh, at that time, she was playing with the Stockton Mustangs, and so practice was in Stockton. And so we were driving from Antioch out there, and, um, you know, we crossed one of those probably the second bridge, and as we're, you know, on that last stretch on the way to, you know, you're on the, the, the 12 going towards uh, 5. 
and, and there's just a huge cloud of dust. Just, and you know, it was so much, I didn't know if it was a fire or, or what was going on, but it was just real dusty. And I was like, like whoa, what's that? And then as we finally approached it to where we could see, it was a guy in like a, 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 a four-wheel drive thing just along the side, uh, on, on, on the side of the, of the road, on the side of the crops. And it was just dusty everywhere. I was like, man, whoo. And, um, and then I thought, I was thinking about how in an area where there's so much dust and dirt, right next to that, could there be green and fertile crops living and, and providing fruit and vegetables or whatever they were growing out there, right? And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And, I, and, and so, you know, being as deep and profound as I am, I said, wow. And I think I kind of woke up Alejandra. She was kind of snoozing to try to get some rest on her way to practice. And so um, and then now that really had, had awakened her, so had her attention. Not that I was trying to get her attention, but I was just in awe of that. I was like, wow, look at how that, 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 that dust is all there and came up. And then, but there's crops right there on the other side of that. I'm like, he had to have some, some, some farmer faith in order to, to, to operate in that. And she said, ooh, farmer faith. She said, ooh, that'll preach, Dad. <laughs> I was like, okay, so it'll preach or we'll teach. So our title tonight is called Farmer Faith. It's called Farmer Faith. And so um, let's read the scriptures, and then we'll get back into our, our, our story and maybe more text and then just what God wants to do. And so we're only going to read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. And then we'll jump down to verses 5 and 6, okay? So, so we had already turned, and so now we're there. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let's go down to verse 5. Faith is the, faith is the substance. It's the substance. Verse 5. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he, before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God, that he pleased God. That was his testimony. Now look at verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. So Enoch obviously had faith, right? Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so we also must have faith and believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those of us who diligently seek him. And, and we need to have some farmer faith. We need to have some farmer faith. Even if it's all dusty and dry and barren where we are, we have to have the faith to see that if I sow a seed in that ground and I, and, I, and I water it and I tend to it, that it will bring forth a harvest that is bountiful and plentiful and, and fulfilling to me and a, ben, and a benefit to others as well. The farmer, he was driving that truck on that dry ground. I don't know at what point he finally said, I can make this grow and had the gumption to go and, 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 and work that ground and to sow some seeds. And so it's also similar to our lives in the way that our lives before Christ, we're dry, we're barren, 
we're dusty. People are saying, can anything good come out of that? Could that possibly bring any kind of life? But God had the faith and the confidence in us to do and to sow the word into us so that we can live, so that we could live. Here's my own definition of farmer faith that I'd like to share with you. Farmer faith is the ability to see a barren, dry, and dusty field can be transformed into something beautiful, lush, and green, which provides something of much worth, produces more than what was sown or more than what was planted, and is beneficial to others. That's what I see as farmer faith. In that, du- that dusty and dry and barren field could be like our lives. It's the equivalent to one's life. And so we might wonder, how are we so full of God's love and power, and we're living, and right next to us at work is that barren and dry, dusty field where we're all alive and luscious and green and full of the power and the love of God and the Spirit. Right next to us, is that dry ground, that dry, barren heart that's thirsty. Will we tend to it? Will we water it? Will we be the ones who take our faith and sow seed into that life? So for those who are artistic, it's like a, a painter's easel that's just blank. But it's full of all of the potential and all of the beauty It's there, even if it's blank. Or it's like the the sculpture stone. The big rock is there. And to a a lot of people, it's nothing but a rock. But to the sculpture, who's going to take his tools and and chisel and get rid of stuff and and eventually turn it into something beautiful that can be appreciated. It just needed someone with vision and with faith to turn turn it from a blank screen to something that's beautiful, paintings that we'll go and see at the museums and pay money for. And us, our dry lies, we need to be watered with the word. We need to be watered with the word and have the, our faith stirred with the word. So the word, and then stirred with faith, and then it's going to produce a bountiful crop that's going to be luscious and green and beneficial to others is going to be of much worth and of much value as well. And that land, excuse me, once it's been prepared or before it's actually prepared for, for, for growing, it's a, it's a fallow ground. It's a fallow ground. And it could have been um, harrowed already, could have been toiled already, but it, yet it lies dormant, waiting for, uh, 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 it gives the land rest, so that later when it is planted and it is worked, that it'll be more fruitful. And some of us have been in that place of fallow ground. And Hosea speaks of, you know, break up your fallow ground, get rid of your evil deeds, and so that's, that's the, the root of, that's the sin and the evil in our, our, our fleshly way of thinking and of being. 
We've got to get rid of that fallow ground because when it's there lying dormant, weeds grow up. There's rocks still there. It's not ready for the word to be sown into that ground just yet. So it needs to have, it needs to experience, and God allows our lives to, to have these encounters of, 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 of distress, unsettling, trying, painful, upsetting, traumatic, even tormenting experiences. And the herald, H-A-R-R-O-W, does that on that ground. The ground is dry and the weeds are there and you need to have, and our hearts are dry and they need to have a harrowing experience sometimes to soften up that hard ground, to break up that heart, that hard heart. And, 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 and so the harrow is a tool that the farmer uses. Uh, if, you, if you have a tractor, it has the, the wheels on it or it has the spikes on it and it just comes across that ground like raking you all up. And sometimes our hearts need to have that when we're hardened. There we go. Woo! How'd you like that going across your land or across your heart? Okay? And that thing is in there, and it's digging. Okay? Painful. And so we need to have, the Lord allows our hearts to have experiences like that. And, and, and that's a harrow, H-A-R-R-O-W. So you have a harrowing experience, a distressing, a painful, traumatic, tormenting experience so that your heart can be softened and be prepared for the word to be sown in it. So we need to have farmer faith. That's the farmer's equipment right there. So we need to have farmer faith so that we can be ready to have the word just sown into our hearts. And once we do that, we experience the, the harrowing, our hearts are ready to pre are prepared for the word to be sown. And then the farmer will sow that seed. And, and it talks about, you know, the, the parable of the sower in different places. That the ground would be prepared, that our hard hearts would be softened and ready to receive the word. And that we would be the ones who, who uh, the seed is planted in the fertile ground of our hearts. And we have to be careful what we allow to be sown into our hearts and what we sow ourselves into our hearts. Some of us have had traumatic and painful experience during, during experiences during our childhood that has still, they're still bringing up bad fruit. They're still bringing up a, a bad harvest. And so we have to be careful what we speak with our mouths, what kind of seed we're sowing with our words into our lives and our children's lives and to those around us because you can't be on the phone gossiping all week. Oh, girl, you should have seen what she did. And, oh, did you see what she had on? And, oh, I would never do what she did. And, uh, you can't sow seeds of discord and bitterness all week and then pray for a, a crop failure come Sunday. And so you can be in the church all, hallelujah, praise the Lord. No, you sown some nasty, filthy, rotten seed. And that was his plan is going to bring forth a harvest. So be careful what you speak. And of the things that were spoken over you, we're going to pray that God will just break all of that off. Some of that childhood stuff where we're not functioning right because we're still holding on to that consciously or subconsciously. But today is the day of freedom to have that broken off. So we're not going to be under that any longer because we have 
That's right, the victory. How are we going to overcome this? What are you saying, brother? We're going to have the faith that all of that is going to be broken off tonight so that you're going to leave here a new creature, a new creation in Christ Jesus. Now the ground is ready. It's been heralded. The harrowing experiences that you had that you had in your life, now you're ready for the Lord to just sow that word into you. Because he's a farmer. He was a farmer from the very beginning. The original farmer. Because if you think back way to creation, when he created everything, he spoke and it came into existence. But when it came to man, he got down in the ground. Come on. And he formed the man. Come on, here's a farmer planting something in us and formed us out of the earth and looked at it and got down and said, and now I'm going to breathe some life into it. That's why we do CPR the way we do. So we could breathe and receive the breath of life. And then if that wasn't enough, he didn't stop there. Because he was a farmer and he had farmer faith, he, he, he prophesied some things over us, saying that we'd have power and dominion over everything, the birds, the fish, the beasts of the field, all of that. He said, go out and multiply, have, take dominion. While we were still just in that form, the farmer saw it. He had farmer faith to see that you're going to be a great person. If you trust in him and you have faith in him and you have the faith to know that you can walk in the promises of God. We have to walk in the promises of God and know the promises of God. Know what you're entitled to by reading the manual. So that farmer faith is not in vain. Paul, when he, uh, uh, he actually got run out of town, out of Thessalonica. And so he got chased out. But he was curious as to their faith. And when he couldn't take it anymore, he said, I could forbear no more. I sent Timothy or Timotheus. I sent Timothy to go and check on your faith. He didn't, go, he didn't send Timothy to go check and see if they'd gone to two or three services to see if they have changed the pews or, or changed the carpet. He wanted to know about their faith because the faith is the key thing. You can do all things through the faith that you have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he sent Timothy, and Timothy came back with a good report. Let's go there just real quickly. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Just a little to the left from where you were in Hebrews. Uh-huh. Just before Timothy. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. And while you're turning, uh, and while they're finding it there, in those first 10 verses, faith is mentioned five times, five times. But I want to just read verses five and six. First Thessalonians chapter three, verse five and six. Amen. Paul was telling them, he says, for this reason, when I could no longer endure it, I sent to know your faith. Not anything else. How big is the church? How many services are they having? Who's doing what? Who's doing? I sent to know your faith. Lest by some means the tempter has tempted you and our labor might be in vain. 
the tempter is always out to get your faith. He wants to get your faith so that if you give up on him, then you're out there on your own as an island and he can have his way with you and destroy you because he came to, to steal, kill, and to destroy. So don't let him get your faith. Verse 6. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and brought us good news of your faith and love, that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. So faith was the key thing. It was important to Paul. He wanted to know their faith. And quickly, as we just wind it down here, okay, uh, we need to walk by faith and not by sight, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Our work is also by faith because without the faith, Without the works, faith is, without faith, I'm sorry, work is dead. Faith without works is dead, James 2, 14 through 22. We pray the prayer of faith over the sick, and they're going to be healed. They're going to rise up and be healed. And if they've committed sins, they'll be forgiven. James 5, 14 and 15. We also fight evil with faith. In Ephesians 6, 16, we take up the shield of faith that we might be able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one. You're able to fight Satan himself by faith. That's how Jesus countered Satan when he attacked him, when he took him up on the, on the, on the mountain. I'll give you all this and all that. But his faith was in the word. And Jesus gave the word back to him. And that's how he overcame, by his faith. And he was empowered with the Holy Spirit as well. We need to just have faith in God. So, uh, in Mark eleven twenty two, the last part of that verse says, have faith in God. And so, we don't want to be that church or that group where Jesus went to his hometown and he couldn't do many works there and he was he was amazed at their unbelief unbelief counters faith doubt counters faith that's in mark chapter one mark chapter mark chapter six verses one through six and he was amazed because they were like isn't that jesus isn't that the carpenter's son and and his brothers and aren't his sisters here with us and they were offended at him and he said a, a prophet is is not without honor except for in his own hometown in his own family and in his own house But we need to have farmer faith so that we can call those things that be not as though they were. They already are. Amen. Because the farmer, I don't know, maybe some of the farmers are really intelligent. But if I were a farmer, or just me even now today, if I were to plant a seed in the ground, I don't know what happens with the germination and all of that. I don't know. But I would keep watering and come on out and check on it so that eventually something is going to happen. To the seed that was sown, I need to have the faith that something is going to come. I plant, I, I plant it, I've sown a seed, now something is going to happen. And so we have to be like, well, the seeds, they, they grow at different rates, right? So if I sow a, 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 a plant a vegetable, that's going to come up faster and produce something that I can use sooner than a, a fruit tree. A fruit tree is not going to produce fruit in the first year. So the farmer is patient. To wait for it. Amen. He's faithful. The farmer 
was patient for each and every one of us. We all didn't get saved at the, on the same day at the same time. Some took longer. Some came up faster and were growing. And some, he's still waiting on others outside of these walls. But he also wants to use us to share our faith with them so that we can sow into their lives. So we're going to speak life into those people. Just some example of faith for any note takers. Uh, in Luke chapter 7, verses 2 through 10, and that's uh, where uh, Jesus healed the centurion's servant. Jesus was a pro, uh, the servant's sent. He sent people to Jesus and said, my servant is sick at home. Will you come? And Jesus was on his way. And then when he got close, the centurion sent and said, hey, 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 you're not worthy for you to come to my house, you know, nor for me to come to you myself. Just speak the word. Kind of similar to a story that pastor shared in another passage. But anyway, and he sent the word and he healed him that very same moment. Um, the Canaanite woman who had a demon-possessed daughter in Matthew chapter 15, 22 through 28. And, and she was Canaanite. And he, Jesus was saying, I, I've only come to see, to serve uh, uh, um, the, the children of, of, of the Hebrew children, our children, the Israelites. But even the dogs get the crumbs that are off the table. And she was persistent. And because of her faith, the demon-possessed girl was healed. And then in, in, in Matthew 9, 27 through 30, two blind men came to Jesus, and they received their sight. And he said, do you believe that I can do this? He said, yes. Be it unto you according to your faith. And they received their sight. And so what I'm saying is that we need to have faith, 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 like the farmer, even in the times when we don't see it, just have to know it. God bless you. We have to just know it, that the faith is going to bring forth a harvest. And we have to be like the farmer who's going to be patient. Uh, James 5, 7. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. These hearts of ours and of people that we know, some of them are family members, the hearts are really, really dry. And we're like the guy in the ATV driving by, creating a big old dust field. But yet there's such great potential to also for them to be a crop that brings forth a bountiful harvest. And like the the, the farmer here who's patient, he's waiting for the former and the latter rain. Sometimes we need to just pray for the rain. Sometimes we need to just pray for the rain. To rain on our own hearts. If we have any unforgiveness or bitterness in our hearts, pray for the rain to come and soften that heart. Don't, Lord, don't let me go through another harrowing experience. Remember that thing with all the picks in it? All in your heart. Let the rain come and soften it. So we want to pray for the rain so that our hearts can be 